This is the Big Branding Small Business Podcast with brand strategist and designer, as well as your host, Jeremy Allen. He helps small businesses with a big branding approach. Welcome to this week's episode of Big Branding Small Business. And to keep up to date with all the episodes that are released, then hit that subscribe button. And if you've already hit that subscribe button, then thank you. Welcome to episode 39, where we're going to talk about culture over cult. How to foster authenticity and collaboration within your organization. Now, if you've listened to any of my episodes, uh, you probably already know that I'm a big proponent of investing in great brand strategy and design. Most big brands know this. And this is why I do this podcast. I want to encourage small business owners to really leverage the same kind of thinking. Yeah, it takes time. Yes, it is an investment. But when done correctly, it's more of a long play and not a short-term fix just based on budget constraints. But honestly, for me, that's where the proverbial line in the sand is and what I offer my clients. I'm currently working with a 50-year-old family-owned barbecue restaurant. Now, this is my first restaurant client. I've done design work for restaurants in the past, but this is my first branding restaurant client. And part of what I'm diving into with them is once I deliver this strategy, now what? How does it all play out? So once you defined the brand, its identity, and also its strategy, you need to communicate it. And this plays a vital role in ensuring who you are and what you stand for and look like now are clearly understood and you show up consistently both internally and externally. Internal communication is key in establishing a consistent brand identity because when everyone that works for you clearly understands the direction that you're heading and your values and how we're going to show up in the workplace and in the world, they start to embody the brand in their speech, how they interact with their customers, and even how they may interact with their own families. And when they do this, it ultimately creates a more positive work culture. And when you have this positive work culture that is almost palpable in the best way possible, people start to see that. They start to feel that. And it projects its way but we'll cover that a little bit later in the episode. So you might be asking yourself, how does a positive work culture influence employee engagement? I know it seems like a silly question, but this positive work culture, it creates an environment where people feel valued, literally feel valued. They feel motivated and connected to the work that they're doing. And when you as a company are clear on what you stand for, and it's the right thing, and people understand it, they will begin to align with this vision and these values. When you create that strong connection between you and what you stand for and the people that you work for, everything just becomes entangled. People find purpose. They find meaning in their work. This fuels their enthusiasm and their dedication to do what's right every single time. The next thing I'm going to talk about, in my opinion, is probably one of the hardest things for most businesses to get right. And that is an autonomy and empowerment. These two are very key to get individuals engaged. 
when you create this positive work culture, individuals should be given the freedom to make decisions and take ownership of their work. This autonomy not only enhances their engagement, but it also encourages them to seek things that are innovative, that are risky, that are proven solutions, that are great solutions. They take more initiative. They go that extra mile, and they ultimately contribute to your company's success. And to take that one step further, you need supportive relationships. I know that sounds crazy to have. You can't have relationships at work. What I mean is you need to have each person there feel like they belong. When you have that belonging, it creates a camaraderie. When you build relationship with other colleagues that you work with, and even your leaders, it fosters an environment where people feel supported. And you don't have to do these gimmicky employee experience things. And building off of that, you'll have collaboration. And it feels more natural now that we've got these bricks in place. When you allow individuals to leverage each other's strengths and learn from one another, now you have an environment where satisfaction reigns supreme. But we can't stop there. You've also got to have opportunities for growth for these individuals that work for you because you want them to have a desire to learn, a desire to improve, and a desire to take on new challenges. And I don't mean just for their growth opportunities within the organization. How can this help the organization? Because typically it's all has to be reflective, but... Also, you as an individual, what are some things, some goals that you personally want to achieve in life? And when you start to pour into them like that, it's a game changer. But not everyone likes to be challenged or to grow. So what do you do? Because the hope is, like I mentioned, when you invest in the individual's growth and you provide learning and development opportunities for them, it strengthens their commitment and their engagement to their work. When they feel that value, when they feel that support on their professional and even their personal journey, the levels of engagement go through the roof. After that, this domino effect starts to take off. Now there's the work-life balance discussion that everyone starts to recognize. This importance of personal interest outside of work starts to drive the conversation. It fuels that support. And when that feeling, that deep-seated feeling of true support, man, these people, they manage the responsibilities better. And when you manage the responsibilities better, you reduce the stress. And ultimately, what we're all trying to contribute to now in today's work environment is our mental health. Our mental sanity. And the dominoes keep falling. Next, when they feel all this, when it's played out on a day-to-day basis, when every individual lives this out within an organization, there comes a psychological safety. When they feel that support and they feel that value, and they feel safe, they're comfortable, 
They're comfortable in sharing their concerns for the company, their ideas with the company, and any feedback without any fear of judgment or negative consequences. And a thousand percent, if this is the case, it will reduce your stress. And I know this works because I'm living it out. I've lived it out. I see it every day. It makes a huge difference. If done correctly, you can run a lean and more profitable company this way. You might say, Jeremy, this is all well and good, but I've worked for company XYZ, and it has brand values. It's done a strategy, but I've worked for them, and they don't practice what they preach. You're right. I'm not going to argue with you. There are a lot of companies that do this. A lot. So when looking into this subject, trying to answer this question, I ran across an article titled, Scaling the Tower of Babel, Relational Differences Between Identity, Image, and Culture in Organizations. This was written by Hatch, MJ, and Schultz. And in this article, they explore the relational differences between the identity, the image, and the culture within organizations, as the title clearly kind of states. And this highlights the challenges that organizations face when trying to align these elements in their branding and their brand strategy Specifically, this identity refers to the organization's internal self-perception. This encompasses its core values, its beliefs, and its purpose. An image refers to the external perception of the organization, including the reputation, brand image, and public perception. And the cultural represents shared values, norms, and behaviors within the organization, influencing the organizational climate and potentially the employee experience. It also looks at identifying three gaps, the identity image gap, the identity culture gap, and the image culture gap. Now, the image culture gap is all about how an organization sees itself on the inside, its culture, and how it's seen by others on the outside, its image. Sometimes there can be a difference between what an organization says it is like and how it actually feels and behaves. I think we've all experienced that. Now, this gap can, as we all know that have experienced that, cause problems. Now, imagine if a company says it's all about teamwork and being fair, but inside people feel like that they have to work alone and there's a lot of favoritism. That would be an image culture gap. It can make employees unhappy, and it all can cause confusion. And then when the internal part of it trickles out, the customers can lack trust because the two don't align. To bridge this gap, organizations need to do just a few little things. They need to clearly explain their value and missions, both inside and outside the company. Not just say it, but live it out. And this helps everybody understand that you can be trusted. Leaders in the company need to act. Not just say but act in ways that match the values they talk about. This helps build the trust. And this also is where egos have to die. And when egos die, the culture inside can open endless possibilities for how you show up on the outside. Through your standard marketing and public relations and advertising, of course. But do it more consistently. Do it more authentically. You can't just say you're authentic. You have to be authentic. And when they see you stand for something, it makes you desirable. It makes it desirable. And people want to be a part of this. 
There's no marketing gimmick. They want to be a part of this because you are being true to who you are through and through. I'll leave you with this. Bridging that image culture gap is essential for any organization, any company, any business to build that true, authentic, and cohesive working environment. And that reflects on the outside, the identity. And when you clearly define this identity, and when you clearly, effectively communicate it, your values, aligning everybody from leadership to all the way at the bottom, and you align these behaviors, these expectations, and you nurture the internal culture, this outside perception becomes a reflection and makes everything come alive. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and tune in next week. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep up with future episodes. And we will talk next week. Well, thank you for listening to Big Branding Small Business Podcast with brand strategist and designer Jeremy Allen. He helps small business with big branding approach. And as you heard him say, his website is nobsbranding.com.